and welcome to another episode of PR360, and I'm your host, Brett Dicer. and if you could please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more, and leave a review, it really does help us a lot. And this week, I have with me is Paige Young, and she has a very illustrious career. She's worked with Adobe, as everybody has known or does know about Adobe, for the past 20 years in-house She's done the Microsoft store. She's done a bunch of different tech companies for PR, but now she currently is at Zendek doing vice president of communication. So welcome to the show, Paige. Thank you so much for having me, Brett. Looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. And the first question I ask all my guests is, are you a coffee or tea drinker? Well, I know you, like I, have a deep love of coffee, but I will be very honest and say right now, I am drinking mostly tea and in fact, a lot of matcha lately, which means I enjoy spending $9 every day on a matcha latte. Mm, Yes. I have a very deep love for coffee, but I also do like tea. I've found some very good teas out there. So I'm an (laughs) equal opportunity person. All things caffeinated. Yes. But can you explain a little bit about what Zendesk is for our listeners? Absolutely. So, Zendesk is a CRM SaaS company, and that is a lot of acronyms, which those of us in the technology industry, we love our acronyms, but I'll explain what that means. So we are a CRM company in that we're a customer relationship management company, and we're a SaaS company, which means we sell software as a service. And essentially what that means is that our customers pay subscription fees for our customer support engagement and sales software. We really started in the customer service and support field, which means that we help companies help their customers. If you've ever made a return and you're or you're wondering where your package is or you see something on a website for a brand and you don't understand what it means and you have a question and you need help, that whole interaction is powered by Zenda. And then over time through acquisitions and development, we've expanded our offerings into customer engagement and sales and some other areas. Hmm. So what is your main differentiator between Zendesk and maybe competitors like Drift or something like that? Yeah, great question. So if I had to describe how we were different, it would be in two sort of core areas. One is the what, the what we sell, and two is how we do business. So in terms of what we sell, our founders started back in Copenhagen, Nickel, Alexander, Morton, and they really started with this idea that customer support should be simple. They had seen how complex the technology was, how complex the implementation was, and frankly, a lot of the products that were out there really weren't built for the end user, which I know seems crazy. But that's actually how they were designed back when they started the company. And so what they really wanted to do was build beautifully simple, easy to use software, which was targeted at the agent who is really on the front lines with the customer every day. So let's just make those people connecting and helping customers every day more successful. And then the second piece is, of course, how we do business. And I think coming from sort of those service first routes, Um, we really sort of engineer and and organize ourselves towards helping our customers, which I know seems a little obvious, 
But actually, that sort of focus of helping versus winning, I think is actually really endemic of our culture, very apparent in how we treat our customers, how we hire, how we treat each other. It's one of our values is humbleness, which is two words mashed together, humble and confident. But that humbleness and that desire to be of service really is very clear in how you work with Zendesk. And I think it shows up in all different ways. But I'll give you one quick example, which was we're all feeling super disconnected right now. We don't get to see people in person. We're all on you know too many Zoom calls a day. And frankly, it's really challenging for companies providing customer service right now because customers are stressed. Very understandable. People in customer service have very stressful and often thankless jobs. And so we actually just launched a what we're calling a thank you machine, which is essentially just a way to spread and build empathy and gratitude and appreciation. And that kind of program that I think really is endemic of that spirit of humbleness and wanting to be very appreciative. Hmm. I've been talking about like Zoom and just more online stuff since it's well, basically exploded in 2020. So it has. Yeah. How has Zendesk basically made it easier to interact with, let's say, the PR people's customers or invested interests? How has it made it easier for PR pros in general? Yeah, I think you're actually pointing to a really important trend. And I think it's one, it's, we've seen this shift over the years, but in this moment, I think it's more clear than ever, which is that digital interaction with employees and customers sort of exploding. It's really made our job as PR professionals. It's really, I think, changed them. And I actually think mostly for the best because those interactions with employees and customers take place in such a public sphere now, our job is really to guide companies to live their values and to very organically align with those values. I think in the past, those interactions with employees or customers, they took place in person, they took place in channels and forums that were not as public and open. And I think now it's really clear what companies live their brands, it's very front and center. <laughs> There's no place to hide. And, and of course, we've all seen that. We've all witnessed some very public failures. And also, we've witnessed some really great heroic moments by companies who have fully delivered and lived their values when it came to interacting with those employees and customers. And I think that certainly is something that we've seen embraced at Zendesk. So in 2020, for PR pros, it seems like it's really paramount to have that almost instant gratification or instant connection with your customer. And do you see that as well? Do you see it more as that we have to connect with them really quickly and we don't get enough time to say, I'll get back to you on that? Is that what we're seeing in 2020? Yes, I absolutely think that that is consistent. You see this in so many different areas, PR definitely being one of them. But you think the customer who may have a question for a company or brand, or they may have an issue that they need addressed, they want that interaction to be as close to real time as possible. People are stressed. People don't have 
as much time. And there is an expectation that the brand will prioritize getting back to them. And frankly, getting back to them across any number of channels. It's not just a phone or an email anymore. It's really looking at social, at sort of native messaging to really connect. And we certainly see that from the PR professional side of things where our reporters that we're dealing with or customers directly, there really is that feeling that you want one, authenticity and deep connection. You want openness. And to your point, you really want almost that real-time nature and really responding very quickly. And so how is Zendesk almost leading the way for that type of customer excellence? Because I know customer service is now a dirty word. No one wants to use it. So how are you pivoting to how you help PR pros give consumers excellence, I guess is the best way of saying it? Yeah, of course, part of it is as a customer service company, we also have to be really good customer service. And it is sad in some ways that it's maybe, as you said, a a dirty word, because I think there are so many hardworking people and, and companies trying to help customers. And of course, see many customers struggling quite a bit during this time, more from the perspective of some sectors and industries have more business than ever. We've certainly seen that in gaming and entertainment, meal, grocery delivery, so on. And then some are seeing real dips in terms of customer service requests or in their business overall. And so what we really want to do at Zendesk is we really want to help those companies champion their customers. That's really important. And for us, that means really leading with that customer-first culture and mentality. And it does seem obvious, but that really means building products that take the customer's day-to-day needs into account, the issues that they're struggling with, the channels that they want to be on, where they need to meet their customers. It also means that availability and desire to have immediate connection and to get issues resolved very quickly. And then, of course, it also means helping our customers be where their customers are. I mentioned that that previously, but it's a point that I really want to underscore, which is that understanding that people want to interact and get their questions answered from a brand on the channels they interact with every day. So that may be Facebook, that might be WhatsApp, that might be Line, depending on which markets you're in, but really that feeling that you want to be able to connect and have customer service and customer help available on the channels that are really critical. And that's something, of course, we prioritize for our customers. And of course, we prioritize for ourselves. So basically putting the instant chat, social media to work with having customers have excellence within resolving issues or whatever the customer needs. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. And moving on to more of SAAS or service as a subscription that the acronyms that you said we love to say (laughs) how has adobe working with adobe creative suite helped you with messaging zendex subscription itself absolutely well adobe is a dream brand to work on i just had such a wonderful experience working with adobe Um, i started on the agency side and then went in-house so i had two separate instances and chances to work with the company. And leading the Adobe 
creative cloud communication was wonderful. And I think one of the things that Adobe does really, really well is they have this deep understanding of the customer and really where they sit across multiple segments. If you think about creative cloud and the customer audiences that they connect with, whether that be a video editor, a 3D designer, a UX UI designer, an illustrator, a movie producer. I mean, there's really, they have the most vibrant, engaged community ever. And that's really a wonderful thing. It's also a tremendous responsibility. You know, if you launch a new feature in Photoshop or Lightroom or Illustrator or what have you, you know if it's been received well, because that is a community that will tell you very quickly and immediately. And they feel such a deep connection and love of the brand uh, that you really have a responsibility to do right by them. And that's what makes that assignment and that work that I did so wonderful. The other thing that Adobe does really well is they have this really ability and it's something you don't often see with brands that are long established and that have been around 35, 40 years is they are very innovative. They're very comfortable piloting new formats, piloting new platforms, even making mistakes. I mean, I think one of the things that we in the PR profession need to be very comfortable with is that things don't always go well. So what I loved about working with that brand is just looking at all the different partnerships and the things that we were able to trial and pilot. And I have a lot of pride in the work I was able to do there and, and with that team. And it was, again, like I said, just very much a dream assignment. Hmm. And speaking of just subscriptions, and there is a term called churn. Can you explain a little bit about churn to people that don't really understand well, the AAS model? Yeah, absolutely. So in the SaaS world, our software as a service, it's really churn is essentially losing customers. It's not something you want. And I think what is really interesting about SaaS companies is because their service and their software is in the cloud and it's cloud native and it's a subscription, what it means is that you actually really need to re-earn the customer's business every day. Because there isn't sort of that very heavy implementation and burden to implement the product, it is often easy if a customer is displeased with you for them to stop using your products and services and to make a change. It's easier anyway. They aren't locked into that really sort of long-term investment model, which means that you really, as I was talking about earlier, you have to live and breathe the customer need on a daily basis because it is very easy for them to churn if they're not happy and if you haven't channeled their needs and really placed them at sort of the top of your priority list. And do you have some effective ways of at least making the churn a low rate or messaging a way for customers to keep on coming back? Because it's always that, well, do I want to pay that extra month for a lot of customers' minds? especially nowadays. Yeah. And I think customers are always looking at what they're paying out of pocket, whether that be in a sort of more consumer sense. We're talking about my time at Adobe, if it's they're subscribing to Creative Cloud or it's something like using Zendesk products. And I think at a very simple level, it is to keep 
satisfying your customer, but there are ways to do that, right? Is the voice of the customer channeled into the product development as you start to innovate and build a path to new features and functionality? Are you really leveraging that customer perspective in what you do? You also mentioned responsiveness and really wanting to feel like issues are resolved and you have a connection and you get near real time as close as possible response to your questions. I think that's a big part of keeping churn low. And of course, that's also being where your customers are is really meeting them on the channels and in the places where they want your voice and perspective. And then I think at the end of the day, it is also about that relationship. Customers want to work with brands. They admire brands that stand for what they believe in, brands that stand behind their values. And so I think that relationship perspective is less tangible, which makes it harder sometimes to achieve, but it's incredibly important. Mm-hmm. And would it also be delivering like an effective solution to their problems? Sometimes you have problems with software and people get upset and it's like, I want a solution to my problem type of thing. Absolutely. I think that's where for the last several years, sort of these voice of the customer initiatives, having dashboards and, and analytics and a real understanding of that customer perspective. It is definitely the trend, but I think it's a really good trend because that perspective needs to be deeply ingrained in the business, deeply ingrained in product development, and just deeply ingrained throughout the company. There's no team that can really say they shouldn't be connected to that customer perspective. Mm. And what do you think the future is for the subscription model, the SAAS? Well, if I had a crystal ball, <laughs> but I do see some things that are very indicative of the future of SaaS, which is for us at Zendesk, it's really wanting to help our customers and businesses reach this sort of greater potential for the future. So what we have seen is a real transition away from those clunky, cumbersome, very bulky, inefficient systems. People and businesses, they really want agility. They want flexibility in their business. You think about the situation that we're in now, the pandemic, no one ever expected it. And the companies that actually had were able to be nimble and to shift to remote work easily that had systems that could be scaled, could be implemented very quickly. That's something that Zendesk really prides itself on. They were able to get back to a more steady state of business and be really flexible to the changing conditions. And I see that trend. I mean, it changes the constant. It's been in the PR field forever. We're used to to changing and pivoting when we need to. But I think that ability to build that nimbleness into the core of your system is really what we see customers wanting, the ability to get up and running and moving away from those very heavy, cumbersome, somewhat antiquated systems that were developed in the past. I assume a lot of the customers also want almost like multi-platform apps slash software so they can actually use it from Windows to Android to iOS, Chromebook, if some people actually use Chromebooks, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I feel like there's that aspect too. Yes, that's exactly where that flexibility comes in. Customers don't want to choose. 
their platforms. They don't want to choose just one channel to engage with you on or one app to use. And we see that same desire for flexibility and being omni-channel, multi-platform in our industry as well. Mm -hmm. And what are some takeaways you've learned from 2020 as a PR pro? (laughs) Well, so many. And I'm still learning them. I think this is a year of learning for us all. I think we could call 2020 the year of the pivot. It's almost a, a trope at this point. But that flexibility, how we pivoted our strategies to align to this new world. Send us, we were actually on a path to have our biggest user event of the year at the beginning of March. And that was just when it really had started. COVID-19 had really started to expand. And we actually had to make the decision about a day and a half before the event started to cancel. Those are the hard decisions. And you think about everything the team had done, all the journalists we were planning to host and meet with, all the customer forums we were planning to have. And we had to pivot to a fully remote and virtual event in a very short time. And of course, those pivots have just continued to happen. And I think we've all gotten better and better at them. And I think it's actually pushed us in really wonderful ways. But of course, at the expense of sleepless nights and just adopting to a lot of change. And so I don't think that's going to go away. Even obviously COVID will be one aspect, but there's a lot happening in our world right now. The need for social justice, the need to be a brand that really stands for your values. And I just think that that type of change is going to continue beyond 2020. So I think we're learning a lot of really important skills this year. I do feel for you on the whole changing your event completely. I've done events before and that's heartbreaking. It really is. You think of that big moment, all those months and months of work, And we loved the event that we were able to put on, but it wasn't the same. And so I think there is a lot to learn from leveraging digital platforms for that more meaningful connection. And we're all in a period of experimentation and hopefully just keeps getting better and better. So how will you apply what you've learned or are learning to 2021 since we're actually almost to the end of 2020? Can you believe it? I know. I can't. I can't believe it. It's raced by. I can't believe that we're at the end. I think that ability to have a plan and to adapt and change and sometimes completely scrap the plan and building capacity in your team to adapt to those changes is going to be something we'll all need to do in the near future and beyond. I also think leveraging multiple platforms to connect with journalists, with customers, with partners, investors, employees, the ability to, the desire to have a really consistent and holistic story across all those channels. Now, those are things that are seem very table stakes, but I think this is a year that has pushed us to really live that champion that perspective and champion those ideas. And so I think we'll take that into 2021. And if this year, 2020 has been pretty relentless with us all, if 2021 is any indication, I think it's going to be another year of change. And we all just, we'll all rest up and get ready and be willing to embrace what it brings to us. Mm. 
yes, the year of Pivot will probably continue. It'll be like the sequel of 2020. <laughs> it will. So fun question for you. If you create one feature for Zendesk, what would it be? I think I'll throw out a, a fun idea. I don't know if all of our CEOs out there would love it, but how about a direct connection to the CEO? In that perspective I was talking about with sort of understanding the voice of the customer, I think if more leaders had that direct connection to their customers and to some of the challenges their customers run up against, I think the work would just be better for it. And so I know there are some leaders who actually do have similar features or a direct email to a CEO, but I think that direct connection leadership, whereas if you go a few rounds and you're not getting exactly what you need from a company, what is the best way to to connect and talk to a leader? I think it's really important. Mm. Any final thoughts for our listeners? I will. I was just say embracing change and being open to what this year has for us and what next year has in store. I think we're all going to get really good at pivoting and shifting plans. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I think now is the best time ever to be in the communication profession. We have always wanted to be that strategic partner to the business. Many of us have been lucky enough to have that type of partnership. But I think now more than ever, it's really clear that your communication strategy can be a strategic differentiator for your company. So you've heard that. Make sure your communication plan is able to pivot and be instrumental this year or the end of this year and 2021 and beyond. But thank you, Paige, for joining us at PR360. We really appreciate it. Thank you. This has been great. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And thank you for listening to PR360. As always, if you could subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys, stay safe, have some fun, and see you next week. Later.